I'm Leanne Spencer, founder of Body Shop Performance Limited, best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and your host. This is the Remove the Guesswork podcast, the show where I interview influential people in the health, fitness, and well-being space to bring you the latest ideas on how to optimize your mind, body, and well-being. The show is brought to you by my company, Body Shop Performance. We create total solutions to optimize your health by focusing on sleep, mental health, energy, body composition, digestion, and fitness. We work with busy professionals on a one-to-one basis for six or 12 months using the latest science and technology. And Body Shop also work with businesses who want to create a culture of energy, vitality and performance and position well-being as a competitive advantage. Find out more at bodyshopperformance.com and enjoy the show. My guest this week is a friend of mine who had so much fun recording this episode, actually. We, we had to stop at about 49 minutes, so it is a bit longer than our usual episode, but I hope you'll enjoy it and get a lot of value. We actually could have gone for quite a lot longer, so you may or may not wish we had, but you'll find out soon. So my guest is Tim Gray. Tim and I met up at the London Biohacker Meetup Group, for which Tim is actually responsible. And we realized we've got quite a lot in common. He brings a lot of value to the whole world of health optimization. So we got together and we recorded this face-to-face. It's about how you can sort of mimic nature in an unnatural world. In other words, the world we live in now is not that natural a place compared to what we were designed for, certainly patterns of ancestral living. So we talk a bit about biohacks. Biohacking is the use of science, technology, and nature to optimize your health, basically. You could disappear a long way down the biohacking tunnel, but we don't. We stay right up in the clouds where the stuff I think you're going to find really relatable and really useful. If you've got questions or feedback on this, you can contact my guest directly. His email is tim at healthoptimization.com. You can get hold of him on Facebook. So facebook.com forward slash Timbo Gray, and that's G-R-A-Y. On Twitter, he's Tim Gray UK, and the website for the summit is healthoptimization.com forward slash summit. And that's a, a summit that's going to be taking place on September 14th and 15th in London this year. If you can get to that, I really recommend it. There's going to be a ton of great speakers on gut health, on nutrition and all kind of other things. There's going to be lots of exhibitors with really interesting, funky products. So definitely something to get to. And of course, Body Shop, my company, and I will be there. So enjoy this episode. We talk about sleep, we talk about blue light, nutrition, gut health, other kind of biohacks, bits of tech like the Oura Ring, the Human Charger, a few other bits and pieces. So it's going to be, I think, a really interesting episode. If you know anyone who'd really value this, then please share the episode and give us your feedback as well in the comments and on social media, if that's where you're downloading this episode. So that's it from me. Enjoy my conversation with Tim Gray. So Tim, Mr. Health Optimization, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> that's all right. It's a pleasure. So let's get stuck into it because I, I think we've probably got an awful lot to cover. What I really want to talk about is what are some of the best biohacks for busy professionals? So the sort of people listening to this will be probably 35 to 65, time poor, noticing flags going up around their health, probably around sleep, mental health, energy, those sort of areas. Mm-hmm. And what are some of the little hacks or more specifically biohacks that they can use? And maybe before we go into those, we should explain what a biohack is. And even, mm-hmm. you know, do you like that term? I know it sort of <laughs> conflicts people a little bit. Good question. Um, so why don't we start with that? Do you like yeah. the term biohack? Yeah, yeah, of course. I do like the term biohack, but I don't at the same time. So yeah. it's something that's it's a quirky term for health optimization. And it's about using your environment, supplements, or whatever necessary to optimize your health. And often through tracking it through data as well. Yeah. So you can quantify what you're actually doing, opposed to just taking supplements and 
and hoping for the best. Mm. Uh, I think that's why biohacking has increased in size and reach and why it's turning a lot of heads in lots of industries because mm. it's quantifiable. And health up to this point, I don't think has been so quantifiable. How, how is it quantifiable? So for instance, a common example is the aura ring. Yeah, obviously we are both sporting. Yeah, are yeah. you sporting too? No, no, no. This just looks That's like just one. A, okay. Although I wouldn't mind a second one to check to see how... Harry? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so with the sleep, for instance, I like to track my sleep. I'm very particular about it because mm. Dalai Lama apparently is known for saying that sleep is the best form of meditation. Mm-hmm. So by optimizing my sleep and tracking it with my aura ring to know my deep sleep, REM sleep, light sleep, mm. and how many times I wake or whatnot, I can then see how I feel subjectively the next day and compare it to the data. But I only yeah. check in on myself before I look at my aura ring data. So for instance, I haven't looked at my aura ring data for last night, but I'd imagine I probably had about an 85 to 90 score right. in terms of sleep, which would be interesting to check to see how my subjective feeling is compared to that. So that's quantifying yeah. how you feel. So that's an example of that. Or adding in a mineral supplement or adding in better hydration and then seeing your blood work come back, showing that you have actually better electrolytes etc etc so i mean it's not just going oh let's do this and see how i feel on its own it's quantifying through data okay so what you're basically saying there is it's a blend of using a biohack Mm -hmm. whatever that might be and we're going to come into some of those Mm -hmm. and a good old-fashioned sitting there and thinking how do i feel so we're definitely not saying right lean on the data lean Mm -hmm. on the tech Mm -hmm. it's just another input yes it is into figuring out Mm-hmm. How do I feel? What should I be doing today? How should mm-hmm. I pace? And what's the efficacy and the effectiveness of some of the mm-hmm. other stuff I'm doing? Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you're meditating before bed, how can I measure the effect on my deep and REM sleep, for example? Yeah, perfect. Absolutely yeah. perfect. Um, I mean, I think this is where like everything's a bit of data. For instance, subjective feeling is still data. <laughs> yeah. It is. And I track up to 35 points depending on the day of different things in my health. And some of it's subjective. Some of it is through tech like this. Yeah. So I think it's about using your common sense of going, here's the stuff I'm doing and here's how I feel and here's the data that backs it up and saying, well, actually, what other areas should I test subjectively and then see what I can quantify through data? Yeah. And I think it's really important to make that point as well. We're not suggesting that you just rely on this stuff. I think we're already quite disconnected mm. from what's going on in our bodies. Mm. And some things you need data for, like heart rate variability, resting heart rate to a degree, body temperature. Mm. You you can still use a thermometer, but who does that? (laughs) But, you know, just sitting there and and tuning into your nervous system. Do I I feel tired and why? I do, by the way. I use a temperature. Do you? (laughs) Well, that's why you're Mr. Health Optimization. For a lot of people listening, they won't be doing that. So it's, I think it's important to preface at the outset, actually, that nothing substitutes tuning into your body and we Mm. do need to get better connected to our bodies Mm. without Mm. technology in my Mm. opinion Mm. i mean talking about biohacking you can Mm. delve really deeply into Mm. the biohacking hole i mean Mm. just you personally how far down that have you gone because lately what would something at the very extreme be would it be putting something into your eyes to see in the dark which someone has done is it chlorophyll no yeah no so that's that's very extreme yeah i mean i don't go extreme extreme maybe by some people's types opinions i may but really, it, it comes back to one of the beliefs of the Health Optimization Summit is that it's to use technology mm. to mimic a natural environment in an unnatural world. Yeah. So, for instance, so an to, example. Technology to mimic a natural environment natural in an unnatural, unnatural world. Unnatural so, world. for instance, yeah. people use air purifiers in the city. 
Yeah. Why? Because we haven't got clear air yeah. or we need clearer air. So therefore we're using technology to mimic a nat- more natural environment. Mm. Or we're putting plants in our house that are good for cl- cleaning air. Or we're using a blue light in the morning, such as a Lumi light, to oh, give us more natural blue light to wake the brain up to reset the circadian rhythm. Or a human charger with blue light into the ear. Mm-hmm. Or red light in the afternoon stroke evening. Or blue blocker glasses to block out the blue light so that your brain's not awake thinking it's morning still. Mm. You know, it's like technology to mimic a natural environment in an unnatural world. And that is one of the key things that I think biohacking truly is. Because mm. I've spoken to, on this journey, I've spoken to many people across the world now. And it keeps on coming up that places like Africa, they have completely different illnesses. They have different things that they don't need root canal fillings for instance and Mm. they don't need dentists like we do because they don't have the level of sugar and Mm. all the other things that go into their bodies they're actually seem to have very very different cases of sicknesses and different chronic illnesses so we're going backwards in my opinion but we're using technology or certain other interventions to right the wrongs that we're having Whereas sometimes it's just going back to the basics. So I like to think biohacking for me is using the basics or getting back the basics using technology where, you know, where possible. And for me, like people say to me, well, you live in London, you live in a smoky city and you live in zone one. Well, yes, I do. And at the moment that's a choice. And I go, well, actually, I'm going to minimize everything else I kept that I'm doing so that I can enjoy this for the moment. But at some point I will move on and Mm. go, actually, I want clean, fresh air and more sunlight and less rain. Yeah. Well, it's best endeavours, isn't it? Again, I think that's an important message, not to get too bent out of shape about this stuff. Mm. We've got to do what we can and let some of the other stuff go. You know, we both live in Central London. As you say, you've got to let the pollution let the stuff Mm. go. Mm. Mm. But can you mitigate that maybe by having lots of antioxidants, lots of really good vegetables? Mm. You know, maybe you can Mm. have a little vegetable garden, even though Mm. you live in London, you Mm. can still grow some Mm. of those organic, pure vegetables. Well, well, there's grounding as well. There's things like grounding, which is a a thing that's a controversial area, but I think... uh, Tell us about uh, that. Explain what it is. So it's based on the principle that we don't connect with the earth anymore. We literally don't connect with the earth anymore. We wear rubber shoes or leather shoes Mm. and we're walking on tarmac or vinyl flooring or whatever. Mm. And we're not actually earthing out, connecting with the the earth. And I'm only a layman in this area. And I trust the people in my circle that follow Dr. Jack Cruz's work. And Matt Maruka, who's a friend of ours, and Dasha, who works for me in Health Optimization Summit, are definitely more detailed in this area so to go into that in more detail I would need them to talk but essentially the basic science is that we connect with the earth and it's all about free radicals basically and connecting with the earth apparently is great as an antioxidant and Dasha in the background over there can can comment if I'm if she thinks is appropriate but essentially is all to do with the positive and negative ion electrons sorry so for instance for me I've got a grounding bed sheet which I plug into the wall, but just in the earthing socket, not the negative or the positive. And apparently it's very good for inflammation and healing. I mean, I've tested it now. I've had it for two years and I did notice that it was actually good for my sleep. At that point, I wasn't tracking my aura data, so I can't quantify it. But I have had it off for the last two weeks and I'll be adding it back in again to see what it's done with my data. But Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so, I mean, that's another example of where we're not connecting with the earth because we're in the city and we're wearing shoes and 
then earthing out would be a great thing. A lot of people so, say that's very woo-woo, but how many people do you know that they go, oh, I just love sitting in the park, you know, taking off my shoes and mm. sitting in the grass or swimming in the sea and I just feel so amazing and I don't know what it is. Well, it's funny that actually because that's how humans evolved is yeah. having that environment and it comes back to things like sleep as well. People are saying, well, actually I prefer a harder bed or when the sun comes up, I wake up. Well, that's because we're supposed to be Mm. We're not supposed to be in like buildings. Yeah, it's ancestral living, yeah, isn't it? Exactly, Trying to exactly. get back to that, yeah. but still mm. be rooted in yeah. the modern world. Yeah. I think we've perhaps lost a lot of our connection back to the natural world, the natural, mm. you know, land and nature. Mm. And a lot of people, I think it's affecting their mental health quite mm. severely. I mean, here we are in the city of London. We can see the Shard and the city and the Canary Wharf, not from this from this building, but not from this room. Mm. And there's a lot of people who are stuffed in that building. It's a very unnatural thing, you know, mm-hmm. dreaming of getting back mm. on the land, as it were. Yeah. It's yeah. a lost connection. Well, there's, I, I did an um, interview with the Times magazine a, f- a few months ago, mm. and it was quite an interesting piece. And the angle, I think, was, was about a cult of wellness, <laughs> not necessarily a positive spin. But it was really interesting to meet with the guys there in the news building because one of the girls was working in a closed room with fake blue light. And they said, you know, do people think you're extreme and whatnot? And I said, well, as soon as they start realizing how good this is for your health and energy, then people start being drawn in. It's not about selling something. It's about being drawn in. And she said, well, what are these glasses that you have here? And I said, well, basically these are blue blockers and they cut out a large portion of the blue light, which means that my brain's not being kept awake late in the afternoon. And it was like six or seven in the evening when I was there. And we were talking about, and I had the guys basically all in the room, not captivated, that'd be the wrong word, but really, really interested in knowing mm. more about this. And it's like you could see when there's something in it for people and they go, actually, yeah, I have been feeling tired and I haven't been able to sleep properly and I have been wired when I've been getting into bed. That's because you're playing on your phone until five minutes before bed and your brain's thinking it's early morning because of all the blue light. And people are drawn to it and they mm. go, well, actually, and that's where the label health optimization is perfect. Whereas if I'd said, you want to get into biohacking, yeah. they would have been like, what is this guy on? Yeah. But if you go, you want to optimize your health and optimize your sleep, and it's like, they're yeah. like, yeah, yeah, totally. I don't meet many people in any, even in our industry, who don't want to optimize their sleep or don't have some sort of mm. sleep issue. Mm. And let's talk a bit more about blue light. So it's a frequency of light emitted by things like televisions, laptops, mobiles, mm. natural light, but mm. obviously the sun goes down at a certain point in the day, allowing, yeah. and the negative effect of this blue light later in the day Mm-hmm. is that it suppresses melatonin. Mm-hmm. What can people do about that? Many things, many, <laughs> many, many things. I'll give you an example of a friend of mine who's English. He's got Turkish genetics as well as English, and he lives in Copenhagen. And it's really interesting because when we got an aura ring on him, because he's always had horrible sleep mm-hmm. and not amazing health, but not bad, bad health. And he's like, Tim, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing the other thing and all these things and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, first of all, let's get an aura ring on you. Like, I think Mm. it's important. So we did. And we looked at his deep sleep and he had anywhere from three minutes to seven minutes, sometimes 15 minutes of deep sleep, which is just like horrendous. Mm. And he was talking about all these different things. We have a call, an hour call every few weeks and catch up. It's a very, very good pal of mine. And I said to him, let's just go back to the basics. Occam's razor. I love saying that. I mean, for me, it's like often people go too far down the rabbit hole and forget the basics. Yeah. And I think that's actually what's wrong with 
a lot of the medical space, should I say. So, so many people are caught so far down in the detail that they forget the basics, such as the environment. Yeah, and well, what naturally. are the basics? Let's go through them yeah, and we'll so, come I back mean, to what you were going to say. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the basics are, for instance, making sure that the light is correct, making sure that your hydration and your nutrition is correct. So light correct, natural yeah. light in the day, yeah. blocking blue light. Blue light in the evening. Methods yeah. we're going to but, talk about in a second. Yeah, I mean, I'll go into the detail of eradicating the blue light in a bit. So light, hydration, and bearing in mind, for instance, hydration used to be drinking water from a stream that was mineralized and yeah. full of the electrolytes that we need to make our electrical system work. Now it's bottled water that's not necessarily the highest quality. It's got all the chemicals that come with it or some chemicals with it. Or we use really good water filters that take all the minerals or take yeah. a lot of the minerals out. So therefore, we're just putting water in us, which we're then peeing out, which then washes out more electrolytes which means we become dehydrated even though we're drinking more water mm. we're not supposed to drink the amount of water we drink and when they say two liters a day personally i think that's bollocks <laughs> i think my opinion is and i've tested this to the extreme adding in singular minerals like and testing to see what my response my body and energy and mental clarity and everything are and so having proper mineralized water and the right minerals but that comes on to gut health and the nutrition that you're... So people say, well, I eat healthy. I shouldn't ever need supplements. Well, the next thing is nutrition. Well, if you're not eating organic or should I say naturally grown foods, the minerals or nutrients in the food aren't going to be to the level of what they should be. For instance, I heard the other week, or the other month, sorry, that spinach now has about 20% of the iron that it used to have in it because everyone didn't like the taste of spinach. And to make yeah. it more popular, yeah. they removed the iron so it tasted better. So, just, just on that, there's a brilliant book by Jo Robinson called mm. Eating on the Wild Side. And mm. she talks about how vegetables have been modified to mm. be less bitter, mm. more palatable, mm. and mm. fruits have been mm. modified to be sweeter because mm. that's what we want to consume. So mm. we have bastardized mm. some of these I'm going to read that book. I'm going to read really that book. It's really good, yeah. 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 Sorry, go on. Yeah, no, no worries. So even if people are eating the right food in their mind that resembles the right food it might not have the right yeah. nutrients in it or yeah. minerals in it and then that comes on to well have they got the right gut bacteria to digest the food to get the nutrients from that so it's a double it's a double whammy and if anyone's had antibiotics in their life they're not going to have the right microbiome they're not going to have the right balances on like one of the areas for me I looked into because I started forming kidney stones years ago just before I started getting ill and one of the areas of uh, bacteria that you can't get hold of and supplement is Oxalobacter fomenges. And that is a type of bacteria that breaks down oxalates mm. and therefore stops you getting kidney stones potentially. So right. a lot of these issues are caused by, sure, we get an infection and we need to take antibiotics. Sometimes it's emergency, take it. But where they've been dished out left, right and center, our microbiome has yeah. been damaged. Therefore, we're not digesting the food. It, we may not even notice it if you check out what goes in the toilet afterwards. But on a nutrient level, are you getting it? So not only are the food depleted, your gut bacteria is not getting it right. So therefore, you become dehydrated and lack of nutrients, which means your body doesn't work properly. Yeah, It comes um, back to eating a personalized diet, doesn't yeah, it? It does. That discovering mm. what your diet should look like is mm. becoming more cost-effective to do as well. You well, know, DNA tests and blood mm, testing, mm. some microbiome yeah. testing. Well, that takes me on to my next point of like, sure, your gut bacteria might be correct and you might not have ever had antibiotics. But there again, have you got a genetic variation like the MTHFR gene variant or one of them, which means that your 
methylation processes aren't working correctly, which means your liver isn't working at the speed it should do, which mm. means it's not breaking down chemicals or ejecting chemicals as it should do, mm-hmm. which means that your liver bile isn't as it should be, which means you're not necessarily clearing out your digestive system, which means that you could have bloating or SIBO or some form of it, which means that you're not getting the nutrients from your food as well. Mm. So for me, I, I look at the mm. basics. I say, well, first of all, look at the genetics and see if there's anything in the MTHFR specifically that needs optimizing. Yeah. I look at the hydration side of things because if your gut is bad and you are dehydrated then using minerals the right minerals in the right balance is a a quick fire way to shortcut the gut until you fix the gut and got the right bacteria in it which means that you're digesting the right food and then you change your diet as well so really that that combined with sleep and light people's health turn around significantly and to round off on these points of what the fundamentals are is that an area that I've been looking into recently with a colleague of mine from the States, Dr. Scott Sher, is metabolomics, which is intercellular health. That's a health. one on me. Yeah. Metabolomics. Metabolomics, yeah. So metabolomics, yeah. So basically right. it's intercellular health. So what you do is you look at the body, at the, yeah, you look at the body on a cellular level and you say, right, what are your cells deficient of? Because... Health issues will tell you that something's gone wrong and the symptoms will say, hey, something needs fixing. And then you have to figure out what's gone wrong. Mm. Genetics will tell you what could go wrong potentially in the future. Mm. And based on Bruce Lipton's and Joe Dispenza's work, I believe it that, well, yeah. you've got a 20% chance of the genetics having a role in that. Yeah. But intercellular health is the right now. It's what your body needs now to work. Right. And so looking at the cellular health, you say, well, actually, okay, you're se- you may be supplementing with magnesium and eating all the right foods and have the right gut bacteria, but your magnesium levels are stupidly low. How can you test your intracellular health? So there's a specific test that Dr. Scott Share does in the States. It's through Genova. I think it's called the NutraVal test, which is one of three or four key tests that they do. So we'll link to all this stuff yeah. um, if you're listening or you're watching. We'll link to all this stuff in the show notes. But um, Okay, so... So yeah, that basically tells you what you need to fix or what you need to supplement with or get from your diet for your body to start working as it should. And it's incredible, actually. I've just been testing it over the last three months before I talk about it on a wider scale. Mm. But yeah, so that's, the, the, I believe, the future of healthcare right there. Right. So yeah, those are the those are the key things. Really yeah. interesting. So they're the basics. So we got to that from Blue Light. We were going to mm-hmm. talk about hacks for Blue Light. And actually, your friend and you are Yeah. So which one do you want to pick up on? Blue light. Let's go with the blue yeah. light. I think it's because sleep, my number one biohack, is sleep optimization. Yes. 100%. We start with that as well yeah, as the force yeah. multiply. You Be- can't work on anything else if you're knackered. No, you can't. You just can't. Yeah. Your body doesn't heal. Your brain doesn't work correctly. You don't have the energy, blah, 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 blah. And everyone knows what it's like to have a night out and not have a lot of sleep. You mm. regret it. So I think the, the first thing to do is that. So the blue light, you can eradicate it all, which is very hard. Very, so very hard. Avoid the TV, yeah. sit in the dark. Yeah. No iPhone, yeah. no life, no nothing, no Instagram. Not realistic. No. So it's about minimizing that to some extent and cutting out the blue light as early as you can. Mm-hmm. So for me, I wear blue blocking glasses mm-hmm. in the evening. Which ones um, do you wear? So I wear the Rare Optics ones. Right. So they're not crazy bright orange ones that I have. I have the lighter yellow ones, so yeah. I don't look so eccentric. But depending on what I'm up to and where I am, if I'm on a plane, I'll wear the orange ones. Yeah. Um, depending on the time of day and yeah. what I want to do with my circadian Same, rhythm. actually, yeah. yeah. And last thing at night, I'll wear the real Bono-looking mm. funky glasses that most people wouldn't go out in. Yeah. But they do. I mean, I wear True Darks. And uh, again, we'll link to that in the show notes. 
And some of them just look pretty much like normal glasses. Mm -hmm. But yeah. they only block a certain, maybe 40% of them. Yeah. yeah, so the rare optics ones, Matt Maruka, he's a 19-year-old guy that Dasha and I know. He's, I guess, mentored by Jack Cruz. Right. He's become a good friend. He's an amazing guy. 19, the, the knowledge that he knows is just absolutely flipping incredible in this yeah. space. And I'll tell you about a podcast that you should have a listen to after yeah. this. You probably put it in the show notes. But... He, what's, what's the podcast called? It's, well, it's Luke Story's podcast, The Lifestylist, and right. he did a podcast with Matt Maruka. You may want to do a podcast with Matt, actually. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, we'll take that offline and we'll, we'll link to yeah. that episode. Yeah, in it's incredible. I said it's the best one I've ever listened to any okay, podcast. Yeah, we'll, so. we'll get him on the show. Um, and he has a blue light meter to check, a spectrometer, and checks all the different glasses and things like that. And so the ones that I wear cut out 70% of the blue light. So it's not all the way, but it minimizes it to some extent. Mm -hmm. I also use the orange feature on my iPhone. So mm -hmm. you can set it up so you can triple click and then it makes it go the... orange. Oh, night shift setting. Yeah. Well, no, it's actually, there's actually a color screen where you can put the filters, the color to cut all the blue out actually. Okay. And so I'll show you after this. Yep. And there's instructions online I can put people in. The cool. dimming doesn't necessarily cut out the blue light. It just dims the phone automatically so it's not so glaring, but there's still a blue light content right, in it. Yeah, I get There's you. a key difference. Um, flux yep, on my eyes. Which is free software. Yeah, yep. which cuts out the blue light. But really minimizing it the best you can using things like the blue blockers is great, but really actually just cutting out as much blue light as you can. So my friend Dean, to go back to, we basically got him to use blue blockers, candlelight in the evening, mm -hmm. cut out all light sources where mm -hmm. he could. And his deep sleep suddenly shot up overnight. And mm. like we spoke a few weeks ago, and he was like, yeah, my sleep's very, very consistent, like very, very good. And I think health follows from that. It yeah. really does. Did you do anything? I mean, we have, which, you know, listeners of the show would have heard me talk about before, a sleep staircase. Basically, it's a set of steps, metaphorical steps or literal steps that you take mm. to get from a sympathetic dominant, just got in state mm. to a parasympathetic dominant, ready for bed. Mm. So changing to casual clothes, putting mm. your blue light blockers on, eating as early as possible, mm. no late workouts, etc. cetera. Mm. Mm. Did you do anything on his mental state? Because you can be wearing the glasses, sitting in candlelight, but if your still mind's whirring, mm. it's still going to affect sleep. Did you need mm. to, or for yourself, do you do anything like mm. that? I, well, I... I list down something when I have a thought, like if I'm in a meeting with someone or hanging out with a friend or something, and there's an introduction to do or mm. anything, I note it down immediately. Then mm. it's not an open loop anymore. And so there's a book called Getting Things Done. It's quite well known. It's something required reading from my team. It's about when you've got an open loop, make sure it's closed so you don't have to keep on thinking about it. So a lot of people say, yeah. well, I have a notepad next to my bed so that when I wake up and have an idea, I can write it down and then it's gone. Don't need to worry about it. I use Todoist app. So I put things in there or I use my notepad app depending on how quickly I need to type and if I want to look rude during a conversation. Mm. So I always try and close off every loop. I list everything down mm. so that way I don't have to keep on That's thinking good, about it. That's a good tip. And I generally, like I read before bed, uh, I also use my Red Light Rising full stack. Yeah. Nice little plug there for the those guys. Yeah. They're brilliant, Brian and James over there. But Tell us just um, a brief, because that's another biohacker for compass that, that people can can use what do you use it for and what benefits do you get what is it as well well red light therapy is brilliant for healing so i had an operation 18 months ago and it was supposed to take a long time to heal up it's supposed to be a three-month healing process so i combined that with hyperbaric oxygen therapy and red light and the majority of the wound was healed up in three weeks and the surgeon just went wow that's incredible wow. like you've got a great body for healing and i went well this is what i did 
He went, yeah, yeah, okay, sure. So the um, red light is it's a, you get a little target light, which is a spotlight, or there's mm-hmm. a full stack, isn't there, which is about yep. three, four foot long, yep. which you stand right in front of, and it's different mm-hmm. frequencies of light, isn't it, that penetrate the skin very yep. deeply. Yeah. We're big fans of it. We've done quite a bit of content around it before. In fact, I'll link to a podcast episode I did with Brian, who mm-hmm. runs Red Light Rising. Mm-hmm. So you use that so predominantly for healing, but it's got quite a lot of sort of anti-aging benefits. Yeah, there's, the many, there's many, many benefits from it. Like recommend people to to Google it and have a look into the benefits because I don't want to start spouting off like yeah. the best things. But for me, I, I noticed that it's great for my skin. So I sit in front of it. I use it for seven minutes a day in terms of therapy, but I use it for about 20 minutes a day in terms of for the light itself. Mm. So for the healing, I find it's very good for my skin. And actually my sister-in-law, my brother got one and he wanted to try it out, which he did. And his wife is is a muggle, I guess, in terms of biohacking previously. But she noticed that it was good for him and his skin, especially around his eyes. Mm. And so she started using it and then she noticed a benefit from it. And she was Mm. a big fan. And then she fell over at work and put a tooth into her lip. And so every morning... She would pull her lip out and put it in front of the light yeah. to heal it. And it healed up so, so quickly. So she became a believer. And all yeah. of a sudden, it just 1% change is less of a muggle yeah. to more of these biohacks. And now she wears blue blocking glasses, which is brilliant. Because, I mean, it yeah. shows that it does work through the result opposed to just people saying it. I think the blue light blockers should be a must for anyone because mm. we sit in so much junk light, the majority of us, during the day, mm. which is one thing. But to mm. come home and then sit under junk lighting, and it doesn't matter how fancy your lights are, mm. it's the frequency that's mm. coming out of them. Mm. It's such an easy thing to do to put a pair of glasses on. If you already wear glasses, you can get wraparounds to go mm. top over the top of those. Mm. Mm. And we've noticed a measurable improvement in mm. sleep mm. quality, but mm. also sleep duration. Mm. I mean, I, I find for me nowadays it's fairly minimal because I minimise it in the evening. Yeah, like, so your lights are on dim. So, yeah, else. so I don't need to wear the blue blockers as, as much as some of the other guys do in this space. Mm-hmm. And I think I was actually discussing this with Greg Potter, who's a PhD in sleep mm-hmm. science. He's, um, he's been on the show as well. Yeah, okay, he's, a, he's an awesome guy. Yeah. And he and I both agree that wearing blue blockers before a certain time is just bonkers. I mean, if sure, if you're on stage... Four o'clock in the afternoon before four o'clock is there's no point. There's just absolutely no point in my opinion. Mm. It's interesting because we both he has the very sciencey side of it, and I have the very biohacky or less sciencey, more application, I guess. Mm. So it's been really interesting discussing this with him. And so for me, I mean, I won't wear blue blockers before four o'clock generally, and if I do, it's because I'm say for instance on stage or there's a, a lot of mm. junk light around. But really, I like my brain being awake during the day yeah. <laughs> and I need to let it know when it's time to start getting ready to sleep. And that's when the, the red light comes on. So in the yeah. evening, I'll switch it on probably an hour, hour and a half before I go to bed so that my whole bedroom is completely red. And I don't use it for therapy for that. It's just so that my eyes get used to not having blue yeah. light everywhere. And so if I, for instance, forget that the hallway light's on and I walk out of my bedroom, the whole world is blue, like Mm. crazy, crazy blue because I've been in a red environment so much, which shows you how much blue light we're having on an unconscious level, Mm. but we don't necessarily consciously pick it up. So I think minimizing is the key thing. And now I find wearing blue blockers is minimal in terms of return for me unless I'm out of my usual routine, I guess. Mm. But it's definitely important for general people that haven't optimized their life as much as I have because I've spent six, seven eight years nearly I guess now in in this kind of this area Mm. I don't watch tv I haven't turned that thing on for a very long time I use my laptop and it's got flux on it 
I minimize the use of it in the evening. So, yeah. I mean, some people might find that they have a 10 or 20% gain in deep sleep. Could be massive. Yeah, it could be. On the subject of light, have you played around with the human charger? Mm, yeah. So yeah. for the benefit of anyone watching and listening, that's a little device like an iPod Nano. I have spoken about it before on the pod. There's one coming over, I think. There it is. Uh, it has a couple of earbuds and it shines a UV-free blue enriched dose of white light into the ears where there are mm. photoreceptors. So yeah. essentially, it's like simulating natural mm. light. Mm -hmm. Medically approved for seasonal affective disorder and jet lag. So tell me about how you use it. I used to use it every morning in part of my routine. Because you were getting up before the sun was up? No, just to let my body know this is the time you should be waking up. Yeah. <laughs> Not due to the sunlight or anything particularly. And because I've been traveling a lot, I want to make sure my body knows when it's time to wake up. And mm. then you get tired earlier on in the evening if you've cut the blue light out in the afternoon. Mm. So it's a good reset for me. I've since been testing the Lumi light, which is here. And these aren't plants. These are generally like this is where they are. Yeah. <laughs> Around the whole house, there are things like it. So the Lumi light I have on. So it's generally at about a 45 degree angle outside of my light, uh, eye, in my eyesight while I'm working. So here at the coffee table up there or standing here. Mm -hmm. And that tells me my brain should be awake. So Human Charger is a great portable version of it. So if, mm. it's, if I'm traveling to LA or wherever, when it's time for me to wake up there so if i've been flying through the night and i'm there in the morning their time then i wear it and yeah. I'll, I'll use it three or four times in the morning just to let my body know now's the time to be awake mm. and then that kind of helps reset it and i find that my jet lag will be done in a day 24 hours 36 hours and i'm generally for a u.s trip yeah u.s yeah. trip either way just quite much. a bit it's shorter a, it's I mean, actually it varies from person to person but mm. yeah i mean i find coming back is actually even easier i don't even find that i get jet lag when i come back Right. So time before last, when I came back, I flew back from the States, six, seven or eight hour difference. I can't remember where I was specifically. And I came back to London to run the meetup in the morning. Mm. I landed two hours before the meetup was due to start, jumped on a train, came back. I had slept like two hours, three hours on the flight, carried on as normal, went to bed in the evening because of the human charger resetting the time of when it was morning and then I just slept yeah. perfectly. It's like people find it's more difficult going east than it is going west. I find it's pretty much all right mm. <laughs> across the board. I do wake up at, say, 5.36 in the morning LA time for a few days. But if you, like, four hours or two or three hours difference a day, you reset it, then it's very, very easy. Mm. You just don't get this. And so I think your body just doesn't know what time of day it is and you need to let it know. And using human and charger light. or Lumi light or whatever is, yeah. is perfect for that, yeah. Have you got any other tips for jet lag? So obviously using light. Mm-hmm. Food, I've heard, it can be used as well to try and set, reset the barge. Yeah, I mean, if you're sleeping, you're not going to be able to eat. Yeah, <laughs> and so your true. body, know, your body knows. Like, so for instance, if you're on a flight and you're eating at the time you would normally be sleeping, what's that say to the body? Yeah, it good says point. be awake. So I think that you should be eating at certain times of the day specifically, and if you're flying, you should try and eat for the time that you're going to be in, not mm -hmm. the time that you were in. Yep. And unfortunately, we're programmed to think that we should eat breakfast, lunch and dinner. And some people eat three or four or five times a day, mm -hmm. which is just like never giving a digestive system a chance to shut down. So it doesn't know when it should be awake or when it should be asleep. Mm. So I think doing that is is really important to have it right. For instance, I don't have breakfast. I will have a bulletproof-esque 
coffee. So, so you're taking in calories. Yeah. I, well, I have a little bit of butter, not a lot, just yeah. so it's a bit creamy with good black coffee. And that's generally what I have. And then I have a lunch about one thirty, two o'clock, and then I eat 6, 7 o'clock. And that's it. And some days so I won't eat at all. you're eating in a very short, so it's very much mm. time-restricted feeding yeah, model, yeah. which is quite popular now. Mm. I'm doing that and I'm hungry as we speak, but I have actually had a very mm. small green smoothie about an hour and a half ago. Right. But we try and eat between 10 and 7. Mm. So it's that a nine-hour window. Mm. Yeah, so I do Yours it generally in a six. Yeah, some days I don't even eat at all. What's the and thinking behind the time-restricted eating? One, I'm really busy. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I just forget to eat. I don't generally get hungry anymore. Okay. And I like to think, instead of being keto, which I did do for nine to 12 months, which is really amazing, really amazing actually for health and for resetting the whole gut and getting organic acids tests to all come in the line and and whatnot after being on lots of antibiotics years ago it was the, the one thing that worked not mm-hmm. the candida diet or any of these things mm. so i found that metabolic flexibility is key it's actually something that rob wolf talks about what do you mean metabolic so flexibility? the people go well you should be keto or you should be paleo or you should yeah, be vegan like, blah 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 blah, blah. and they attach themselves to this label and they hold on to that but why were they there originally so for instance i'll touch on the the vegan keto my opinion on this and Appreciate it's controversial, but who cares? I've got to put it out there. So some people go, well, I'm vegan because I got so much healthier when I went vegan. It's like, okay, cool. How are you doing now? Well, my health plateaued. I've not been so good now. Or people go, actually, I'm keto. I'm amazing keto. It's amazing. Like I haven't been so well, you know, how are you doing now? Well, not so good, actually. I'm having headaches and mm. this, that, and the other. Like, well, all of these things are modalities. They're all things to help fix your body for a period of time. Yeah. Paleo, I think, is the nearest to where we should be because it's natural. It's not Mm -hmm. processed food with loads of rubbish in it. But, for instance, the vegan thing, people go on to it to be healthy. They eliminate all this crap, all the processed foods and all the meats that are like... But not necessarily with vegan, though. Well, no, I'll I'll touch on that in a minute. I mean, yeah. yeah. So there's pegan, which is paleo-vegan. Yeah. And not just vegan. Okay, we're ticking the box because we're trendy vegans and we're eating all these products of all this rubbish in. We went to a, I'm not going to name the show, but we went to a vegan show. Mm. And actually, the goodie bag that they gave us, the most edible thing in the bag, in my opinion, was the lip balm. I'm not joking. Mm. I'm really not joking. So vegan is a label to go, oh. Yeah. Now, I appreciate that some people are in it for health and some people are in it for ethical reasons like their beliefs and values around animal cruelty sure and i appreciate that i value their opinion very much but if it's the health side of things do not eat crap which is generally manufactured products that just don't have animal stuff in it which is bonkers and then they wonder why they're not healthy but there are the vegans that do eat just leafy greens and vegetables and eat very clean but when you look at them on a cellular level and this is something i've been discussing with scott recently there's you see that they are so deficient in many things mm. like they're just not getting the right foods i think and, it's hard to do it with health as the top mm. measure of success mm. i think it's hard to do it's not impossible mm. Mm. but it's hard to do mm. i would like to get there purely for animal welfare reasons mm. for ethical reasons mm. but i'm not yet willing to put in the amount of effort so mm. principle's not a principle unless it's yeah. costing you something yeah, yeah. hence you don't <laughs> hear me trotting out yeah. you know or reposting things about animals but I don't think I've got the time and energy to put into doing it with health as a top mm. focus. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, like, at the moment, there's one of our beliefs in the health optimization summit is that we respect and appreciate other people's opinions. Mm. And that's really, really, really important. So, for instance, I don't agree with veganism forever. I believe, yes, it's a tool to go in and help fix health by eliminating a load of rubbish. 
And because you're not eating 80% meat or 50% meat, you're actually having loads more nutrients than the vegetables, but you could just eat better quality vegetables (laughs) and optimize your gut bacteria and your genetics, which then obviously helps fix these. But really they're stuffing themselves with so many more vegetables and such like a plethora of foods Therefore, it's helping their health. But then they start getting deficient of other things that they're not getting because Mm. they often trim back or have manufactured vegan food. And then their health plateaus. And instead of reassessing and going, what's the next step to get better health? They're going, I did this and I noticed a big difference. And so I'm going to continue on that. Well, what got us here won't get us there. Mm. And it's about reassessing that and not attaching ourselves or our egos to a label and saying, what is next? Yeah. So that's why... I guess the health optimization summit to touch on that is so important. So tell us a bit about the summit briefly. Yeah. When is it? Where is it? So it's September fourteenth and fifteenth of September. Okay. In central London, yeah. and it's essentially bringing in the health, fitness, medical, and nutritional worlds all together. Mm-hmm. So that covers biohacking, paleo, keto, even the vegans, <laughs> everything all together, and saying that we respect each other's mindsets. We respect our opinions, but let's use our clever minds because there's a lot of clever people, but they're all just disjointed. Let's use this brain power together for the first time ever. Mm. So we're working on getting the specialists from across the world in each of these areas, stateside, Europe, UK, Russia, everywhere, together to say, let's look at this health piece and say, how can we work together collaboratively? And I'm including the medical world in this as well, because it's incredible what we've achieved it's not necessarily working as it should do which is the mm. goal of health and i appreciate it's a very controversial and difficult area but the point is it's going well let's work together let's do this because no one's out to do bad everyone's out to either make a profit or get health or both mm. and it's like well actually let's work together and actually have health and wealth i guess and again this comes back to a company belief for us it's health before profits both are important mm. don't get me wrong and we need to live but it's health before profits opposed mm. to profits before health. And that's why we're including all of these areas and all of these diets. So one of the, the algorithms that we touched on before we started recording is that people that may have brain fog, and this is a common, a really common thing, people have brain fog. So if they heard about the Health Optimization Summit or if they're Googling brain fog, they might try nootropics like I did, you know, anaracetam or whatever. Or they're going to have neurofeedback because that's to do with the brain. And that's a reductionist way of looking at it. But what we can do is we say, well, here's all the areas that we're covering at this. Why don't you go and check out a talk on gut health? Yeah. Or why don't you go and check out a talk on this or that and go and see these, these exhibitors? Because then it's an integrated approach and opening people's minds. And we're not saying any of these things are curing, but it's about having the right knowledge or information in front of the right people so they can decide which avenues they want to take. Yeah. Opposed to just going to a keto conference or a paleo conference. Yeah, or very dogmatic or, and one-dimensional. Yeah, or a, a vegan conference or this or, yeah. you know, I'm going to go and go to a whichever conference it is based on what they know well what happens if we open this up and open awareness and then bring the right people from each area there to talk about it from the most specialist with the most researched and backed up people that we can ever possibly find that's a win-win we're healthier ourselves we've got healthier friends and family and we're all enjoying what we do and we've got one place to go for it so that's really what we're working on and it's, it's a big goal but it's extremely fun yeah, well, no, I, I love the sound of it. I'm completely behind it. Mm. Hopefully we can get involved as well. I mean, mm. I think 
some of the takeaways from this conversation for me, and I could go on forever, but I mm. know that we've got a few minutes left, mm. is taking responsibility for your own health. Mm. Focus on the basics before you even think about perhaps buying any technology or go mm. for one or two things just to enhance mm. what you're doing, but don't mm. just spend a lot of money. Spend mm. some time going back to the basics. Mm. Personalizing everything as well. Personalize your diet. And if the mm. right diet for you, mm. and I think it should be, I recorded a podcast on this recently. I personalize my diet by referring to my DNA results mm, mm. and my annual gut test. Mm. And that forms the basis mm. of the diet I eat. But that mm. can change because mm. the results of my next gut test might mean that I go more towards a certain diet type. Mm. Mm. And then that served me, as you say, and then it might be mm. another type of diet. But I don't mm. go for any of the name. No, mm. My diet doesn't have a name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just a personal diet to me. And taking responsibility ultimately for our own health and really mm. appreciating the interconnected nature of health mm. as well. Mm. So it isn't just about gut health, it's about sleep, energy, how mm. our body is composed mm. and, and all those kind mm. of things. But mm. what would your main takeaway for people listening or watching be? Just to wrap up. Well, hydrate properly and sleep properly. I mean, that, that yeah, would be it. Those are the two about, simple yeah. things. Yeah, the, the two, those are the most important things. That right. I mean, we haven't touched on light, getting sunlight and one thing I think is important that people say, oh, I feel amazing when I go on holiday. Well, yeah, partly it's to do with vitamin D level. Yeah. But the sunlight is very healing. It's like if you put a plant under a tarpaulin, and Jack Cruz, Dr. Jack Cruz is known for saying this, you put a plant under tarpaulin, will it grow? No, it won't. Mm. Well, what about us? We're covered in clothes. We don't get the sunlight, mm. et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of us have moved around the planet into areas where our genetics, like for instance, typically darker skin needs more sunlight. Mm -hmm. And yet they're in a darker country with less sunlight and darker skin, therefore they're going to be even more deficient. Mm. And so I think there's a real healing power from the sun. And it may sound woo-woo, but it's not. There's a lot of science behind it. And when you think about it on a binary example, like a plant under a tarpaulin, you go, yeah, it's obvious because we see it on a day-to-day -day change. But in our bodies, because it's not an on-off switch, we don't see it mm. overnight. Maybe on a 10-year passport photo, you might. <laughs> so I think, yeah, hydration, sleep, and sunlight are really the three key things and yeah. to go back to it is mimicking a natural environment in an unnatural world it comes back to that and back to basics with the right like modalities or help from the right angle from the amazing technical world that we've created and using these to to bypass these problems yeah. brilliant tim thank you very much you're welcome thank you for having me interested in finding out what your health iq is jump on our website www.bodyshotperformance.com and click on take the test it'll take you through to a short two to three minute test and at the end of that you'll get a scorecard and a free 39 page report based on our six signals sleep mental health energy body composition digestion and fitness and if you've enjoyed this episode please think of someone who could really benefit from the content and hit that share button and send it across to them and of course don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review thank you very much for listening <laughs>